Hi, and welcome to episode number seven in the Signal Integrity Journal's Fundamentals Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bogatin. This episode is brought to you thanks to our friends at Rodian Schwartz. Today, I'm pleased to have with me Don Tillian. Okay, Don, welcome to our podcast here. We're here at DesignCon, and I've known you for a long time. You've been in signal integrity field for a long time. I want to get a little feel for the history of how you got into signal integrity in, in our electronics industry. Yeah, yeah. It it was really serendipitous in a way because I I got reassigned on my first day at the job at Hewlett-Packard and uh, they needed someone to run spice analysis um, on a uh, one or eight megahertz uh, I.O. bus. At the time, and, and this is back in the days of Berkeley Spice, you know. Uh, uh, I think it was HP had their own oh, okay. Spice, right? Yeah. Um, HP Spice running from a mainframe. Uh, it was two and a half hours to get an answer. I remember that, <laughs> oddly enough. Punch cards <laughs> in those days? It wasn't quite that. Okay. It wasn't yeah. quite that. But um, uh, so, you know, we developed I/O standards. I learned some great stuff there, and. Um, wound up at Intel when they had to design the PCI bus. Uh-huh. So everything I had done, like... So that was PCI, so the parallel bus. The original, bus, yeah. PCIe. No, the very first okay. 33 megahertz, uh-huh. 5 volts. Okay. <laughs> it, it quickly became 3.3 volts, but... Uh-huh. Uh, so everything I had learned uh, in, over at, at HP, you know, transferred uh-huh. directly to trying to figure out the PCI bus. And if, I don't know if you remember the ESA bus, uh, the extended ISA bus was kind of a train wreck. And so, <laughs> so it, was, it was Intel's big moment to go get this right. Uh-huh. And, and that, was, that was a blast. You know, I, I mean, I had learned VI curves and stuff. Uh-huh. And, and so... Uh, and PCI was parallel. And yeah. was that, that the one multi-drop? And yes. bi-directional. Yes, we had to. That was the thing because they were trying to hang everything right on the processor bus and and uh, <laughs> ten loads. Uh-huh. So so everyone ran from that, you know. And uh-huh. I said, oh, I, I'll give was it a try. Was that the one that was terminated at the far end? Uh, ah. and it went both direct. You used reflections from one end. Yes, I invented this thing called reflected wave sw- oh, switching. Okay. So okay. I took a problem. Yeah. I yeah. took a problem and spun it. Well, we uh-huh. characterized it because we simulated the yeah. banana. We we did ten thousand hours of spice simulation. Wow. That was the. There's a video, and you know it's so funny, <laughs> you know. But we did tons and tons of of compute time on that. So we took a weakness. We took a problem, but because we characterized it so well, uh-huh. we knew how long it would take to get to the end of all those loads and then uh-huh. bounce back because the ASICs couldn't drive much, right? Uh-huh. So this is pretty deep history, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the good old days. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so we made that a feature. And, I mean, that was, to my credit, I negotiated 11. You can still look at that. Spec, I negotiated 11 nanoseconds, which was a third of the cycle, uh-huh. just, for, just for signal integrity. Uh-huh. So I stole it. I, I, I successfully stole it from IC design and everyone wow. else and clock skew and everything. <laughs> and, and so you developed the spec yeah, for yeah. PCI. Yeah, yeah. And that went from 33 initially to, what, 66? And did it go to you know 120-something? Yeah, I don't remember now. Or, okay. Yeah, I'll reach for but, it. I've but almost it had got a limit. It. Yeah, eventually it, it went serial, right, like everything else. Yeah. So, okay. uh, but it was, it was ubiquitous, wow. it won. And, and so people, different design companies could do a lot of different uh, implementations because they, they had that 11 nanoseconds to play with, uh-huh. right? 
And so they started putting on connectors and risers and extenders and blah, 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 uh -huh. you know. So, uh, so, so you yeah. had your start in cycles that were 33 nanoseconds. Yes, right. And... And now the systems that you're working with are what? 33, <laughs> 33 picoseconds. Picosecond. That's 33 exactly right. Three <laughs> orders of magnitude. In, yes. Wow. Exactly right. And the distances, the dimensions of the channels are the same. Exactly. And But it's a thousand times shorter time intervals to, yes. to do everything. Imagine that. But it's, you know, I credit equalization, right? Uh -huh. I credit the, uh, the incredible power. Basically, and I talk about it in the book, that, you know, the, the, how many gates there were and they yeah. didn't they kind of had those available and they just did so before we get into your book yeah so, so you got pci bus yeah yeah and and then uh where is your next step where'd you go from there oh well, this is because i knew you at caden this is going to sound kind of ridiculous okay. uh, but <laughs> <laughs> i peaked some attention but uh i didn't realize that because in the process of developing pci we also invented ibis Okay. Because there was no way to do those all those all those permutations uh -huh. of everything we needed to do with transistor models. Uh-huh. It just I'm taking you way back, right? I'm taking you way. Yeah. yeah, it was just like I yeah. it was like a thousand times slower. So we came up with this VI curve based uh. doodad um or, you know which was eventually becomes the IBIS template, okay? And that's how we did all those permutations and really got our arms around that. So then we marketed IBIS. Uh-huh. Okay, um, and then I came to know the whole industry, essentially. So I always thought that IBIS was created specifically for keeping proprietary the, the transistor level model, the driver, and that's why it was created, so that Intel could give out models for their devices. But you're uh, saying uh, that uh, it was uh -huh. really developed yeah. in order to speed computation time yeah. for uh -huh. some of these buses where signal integrity and the driver behavior influenced the performance. Yeah, because ASIC drivers were so weak, they couldn't... I mean, you remember uh -huh. the 24 milliamp buffer and uh -huh. all that stuff, yeah. right? All those really big, strong drivers. Well, those uh, you couldn't yeah. put a bunch of those yeah. in a 1,000 in a pin or whatever it was at the time device. Uh -huh. So we had to just drive with these weak buffers and, and wait for them, essentially, uh -huh. to charge the system. Right, right. <laughs> so, okay. no, we were solving so, a real problem, although, although we weren't unique in that because you had tools like SimNet and XTK and, and, and who, who were doing a similar uh, uh -huh. type of analysis, right? We were doing it at HSPICE at the time. Okay. So, so basically, we just circled the wagons and got everyone who was doing this stuff to agree on a format because right after PCI bus came the Pentium processor, and we had to figure out how to support that and how to promote simulation of that thing, right? Because Intel will draw a box until you do like this, but still in those days, people wanted to simulate, right? right? And, and you only simulated, the, or only approved the cases you had simulated so you know what to expect. Uh, I mean, that's what they say now, oh. you know, but, ba <laughs> but back then, back then we were just, we were making this up. It was a new thing. Like, how do we really connect this? Like, can we, can we go three inches? Well, I don't, you know, and, and so, so Intel was doing their work and, um, but you still had a lot of system prowess in places like Compaq, right? HP, DEC, you know, different people who were, who were still flex. I mean, they were better system designers back then. So, so we had to we had to support them and help them succeed, and so so we said, well, let's let's just write our format for our VI curves and our edge rates, 
and get everyone to uh, all the tool vendors to agree. So uh, you, maybe you know Arpad, but Arpad and I are driving yeah. around the country and like, mentor, you know. Is he a mentor? He's, he's a mentor now, yeah. Brilliant yeah. guy, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, actually, he's the one who took the H-Spice uh, voltage-controlled current sources and came up with the IBIS ah. template. That was okay. his. He was a co-op at the time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> brilliant so he was guy. still in school. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was retraining. He was a a, a uh, cellist with the Sacramento Symphony no. of all things. Yeah. So. Uh, you know what? My sister is a cellist at San Francisco Symphony. I, I she, she's been there a for cellist. twenty some years. Yeah, she's, I had no idea. Uh, she has in San Francisco. She probably knew him. Probably in, in those days. She's been there for a long time. Probably. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just a really bright guy. So, anyways, we circled yeah. the wagons. We just put the spec out there, like in, um, I used to, it, it was like four meetings. We had the 1.0 IBIS spec done. Wow, <laughs> wow. Finished. So you guys started IBIS. Yeah, yeah. And it, so it grew out of a design problem. It grew out of a customer support problem, uh -huh. right? And, wow. and that was for the 66 megahertz Pentium processor wow. at the time. It's like 1993. So uh -huh. IBIS celebrates 30 years next year. Wow. And you've been involved in <laughs> IBIS for a lot of this time. Not really. No. Oh. I left really fast. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, they, I, 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 I say in here, too, that I, I you know, I, they call me the fi father of IBIS, you know, but I wasn't very good. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I hatched child. the egg, but I didn't sit on it, you know, <laughs> because my boss was like, I, what's that? Ibis? Uh -huh. Like, you know, he's, he's like doing chipsets. He's, he's like, he doesn't care. You know? uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> so I had, to go, I had to go on to the next thing. Yeah. And fortunately, there was a home in Intel. You, I don't know if you remember Will Hobbs. Uh -huh. So Will Hobbs had the charter to actually do stuff like that. So he, you know, uh -huh. he gave us a big company-wide award and, and took it over and, and, and did great things with it. Like the yeah. committee, yeah. I'm a fan of the committee, but we, you know, we, in, we, in, we invented the standard, we invented the, the, the committee, and then, and then we wow. were gone. Yeah, but what a huge step you did for the industry. I mean, you said it's 30 years. There's the IBIS uh, Summit coming up in a couple days. Still going strong. Yeah. You know, 30-plus companies. And what and is it, in 5X, 6X? 7.1. 7.1. Yes. I respect. Wow. Yeah. Now they don't hammer out the revisions as fast as we did that yeah. first. <laughs> but they're so much more complicated now. Absolutely. You know, with, with PowerWare came out in what five X and apps. You know the, the and the AMI I guess is in the latest well, one. Now you're back to that thousand X you know deal. Uh -huh. Like there's a there's a. I mean we had an RLC package model right, but but we. Um, you know, there's just a new set of carabouts. Okay, so you were in, you started IBIS, which is still going strong. Yeah. And and where's the the next generation, the next step? Uh, oh, we're still on my personal story. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I want to kind of get a feel for how did you get to this point here? So you're independent now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, yeah. how long you've been independent? Since 2005. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, but. I guess it's relevant that we explain those things because of those things. I started touching a lot of people, not only all the customers, uh -huh. Intel's customers, but also all the EDA companies and so on. And I was looking for a life change in, in, yeah. in, at the time. And I, I found out I was really well known. Like I, <laughs> I had no idea because yeah. I had, you know, signal integrity was new. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. And in fact, they did a survey at Intel at the time for their collateral, like what, what collateral was important. And we were the last, we were on the bottom of the uh -huh. list. We were at least uh -huh. on the list. We were on the bottom of the uh -huh. list, right? So, so anyways, I had, I had met a lot of people and I, I jumped to Cadence. I jumped to Cadence. Okay. And Cadence just has such a far reach. 
you know. Yeah. So so all of a sudden I was touching the whole planet totally. I think that's where I saw you, you did some design con events. I can picture you standing yeah. in the back in Japan. Like okay, yeah. like like it was a. Do you remember? I I was there a couple times for um, Keysight. Or, or, Keysight or, or Ansys. HP. Or, oh, uh, maybe it was Ansys. I think yeah. you were. I think you were doing yeah. Ansys, but you yeah. snuck into my talk because oh, you're probably yeah. incredulous. You're like, why are there why are there so many people in yeah. a signal integrity talk? I was doing. I was. I, uh -huh. I had done a, a 1997, 25 years uh -huh. now design con this year. Yeah. Okay. So I I did a defining. Here's signal integrity. It's a thing. Right, and here's what it is. Uh -huh. And I talked about you know writing specs or or just yeah. I don't you know it's it's all there on the web. But anyways, yeah. I'm doing that in Japan, and you walk in the back of the room, yeah. and and I'm like I'm 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 zeroed in on you because you're nodding your head. You know, there's this simultaneous translation going on, and I like some superhuman is is turning everything I'm saying into uh -huh. Japanese with a verb on the you end hope. of the sentence, yeah. and yeah, and I don't know, and they're you know they're staring at me. There's there's one Eric Bogatin in the back, and he's nodding his head up and down. I'm like, yeah. okay, okay, it's making sense to somebody. I can still picture you there. Yeah. So when I did talks in Japan, that was simul simultaneous translation. Yeah. I'd always tell a joke to see who in the audience oh. understood English, and then I could. Uh -huh. you know kind of focus on them you know who laughed before the uh -huh. translation and yeah. and that's probably why i ran into you then is in those days okay and then what happened after cadence okay so uh, another another life change and i just i just went solo okay uh i mean the the raw truth is my sons were starting a business and i went to help them wow Okay. But I, but I, so it wasn't a brilliant, oh, I'll just go yeah. consult, you know, yeah. but I started getting calls and calls and I yeah. started answering calls and I started doing stuff. And so it's kind of, and, kinda, and yeah. your consulting company is SI guys, SI guys. Yeah. Yeah. SI okay. guys. You can say SI it either guys. way. Um, but I mean, I wish I could say I was that smart, but I just, I, I just, just like at HP when I stumbled into uh -huh. it, you know, uh -huh. here I am again. Uh -huh. and, and but you found you enjoyed that. You had contacts and you could grow uh -huh. a business doing it. And it was the lifestyle you wanted. And absolutely. So everything, everything kind of, kind of clicked and worked. And and you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many burnout cycles you've been through. Maybe zero. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> you know. But I had, I had already done three or four. You yeah. know, or something. Yeah. And and I found out. You know, at its core, this stuff is really, really interesting and enjoyable. Uh, yeah. So you know, for my own company, I mean, that has its pluses and minuses. Yeah. But but it's. And it's, so as, a, as SI guys, what sort of projects have you taken on? What sort of work do you do as a consultant? Yeah, it's just such a, such a wide variety and that I think that's what makes it really interesting. Such, but, it's, but it's people with real issues who are motivated, like they don't have it in their own companies, uh -huh. right? So it tends to be serial links, you know, but I've done some DDR, I've done some... I, I, mm -hmm. Oh, well, you remember I, I, I helped teach a class that you, you were teaching or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, that, what was that? <laughs> I, I can't remember now. But, but yeah, because uh, we talked about doing classes and, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, yeah. we got involved in that for a time. So, yeah, it's simple. I take the calls and, and help out and do what I can. And as a result of that experience through IBIS and through Cadence and, mm -hmm. and talking to other folks in the industry, um, you just wrote a book. Uh, yeah. Is this your first book? Uh, my first book. That's true. Okay. Well, congrats. Welcome to the club. Congratulations. <laughs> that's great. Well, coming from you, I really and, appreciate it. And it's that. a self-published book. It is self-published, but it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. And what's it called again? It's called Signal Integrity in Practice. Right. Love the title. Why? 
Why? Because there's so many books out there about here are all the principles, here's the math, here's the differential equations, uh, which is all valuable and useful. Absolutely. But there's a difference between, oh yeah, there's your book. There's there's a difference between the the principles right. and in practice, what yes. what are some of the nuances that you have to apply? Yes. And so your book, I thought it was, you know, I, I read it, I reviewed it, we did a, a piece in SI Journal, right. I reviewed your book, and I was so impressed how much it was about the nuance. It was about the stuff that you don't read mm-hmm. in the textbooks, but here are the principles. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the, as your title is, it's the practical stuff. And that's where people stumble, and that's where they fail. I mean, that's what, yeah. like, like, I mean, you've, you've done great teaching this stuff, right? But, but yeah, like you said, there's so much written about, about what has to, you know, the equations and all that. But how do I translate that? Yeah. Because it's not, it's not just one, two, three, ABC, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is and, those nuances. So, yeah. so it's with all that stuff out there, you know, I said, let's just take a whack at the other thing that seems to yeah. be missing. Because, because to really succeed in signal integrity, you know, I, you know, I, I believe you need the whole, the whole rainbow, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and the thing that I learned the most from your book was this emphasis you put on how important the firmware is. Or the, you call it the software. What do you call it? Is it about equalization? Certies, Certies. equalization settings. Yeah. Uh, okay. I invented S-E-S. another, uh, yet another, another acronym. acronym. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. But Certies equalization settings. Yes. S-E-S. Yes. Yes. And 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 you, what you say is how important that has been in the designs that you've looked at. Yes. That hardware is important, but if you don't have the serial Certies equalization settings, technical term is you're screwed. It's a really <laughs> important part. Well, and you know the the hardware is trying to optimize itself, and I just see again and again and again like it's like that's a great dream, right? Um, and I believe we'll get there, right? We're we're making progress, yeah, um, because we're learning. But this but is there are fundamental limits to what you can do in the hardware. Yeah. Uh, okay, what are you thinking when you say that? Well, I'm thinking of the losses in a channel. Ah. The, the, the frequency dependent losses. There oh, are oh. fundamental limits oh, to what okay. you can do in the hardware. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That um, you, you're, you're up to physics limits. Yes, and it's the equalization that gets you beyond those limits. That's what has saved the day. Yeah. But the but I find the really curious thing is because that's right on sitting smack dab on the hardware software divide, we're just really not doing well at at, at really uh, harnessing. Or, or taking advantage of the power that's sitting in there. It's sitting in the equalization? Yeah, sitting in uh-huh. the equalization right. because either we leave it at the defaults yeah. or, or we let the hardware try to figure it out. But the hardware is actually ping-ponging all over the place. You know, uh-huh. if, if you look at... Yeah, it's, because of different length channels or a different... Because it's, a, it's, a, it's an imperfect... Like, think you... Think about the, the algorithm. Like, I know guys who've written tools to try to optimize this stuff, and this yeah. is deep stuff. Yeah. So now you say, well, oh, okay, it's a side job for some firmware guy who doesn't know signal integrity. Uh-huh. And you say, okay, well, you negotiate with, the, with, with component vendor B's device over there and, you, and work it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just figure out how to optimize the equalization. And, and what optimize equalization. There it is. That's about the, the uh, coefficients for the FFE and the, and the DFE and the CTLE. Yes, yeah, and then there's also like there's there's a, a, there's gain peak to peak swing of the transmitter itself. Okay. Right? Like uh-huh. how high does that need to be? And that's so, balancing the power consumption versus how much signal you need at the other yeah, end. Yeah, you know, just just yeah. I mean it's the classic it's 
we're back to the PCI bus again. Like, you know, what, what does this device need to do and what does the system need to do and how do I make it all dance? Uh -huh. Okay, so, so we didn't, I mean, DDR brought on like, well, now you can program the buffer strength or the, the termination value uh -huh. or ODT, yeah. all these things, yeah. right? But now you take that up, kick it up, onto steroids and uh -huh. yeah. and you've got all these equalizers yeah. you know and, and, and so it becomes a system engineering problem absolutely the hardware and the software piece absolutely yeah. and a and a and a breakdown between vendors and between uh yeah. internal companies it's an organizational problem so when you talk about the breakdown is it between the different groups within a company the hardware and the software teams or is it uh -huh. the the guy that's designing the system and the chip vendor he's buying the 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 silicon from all of the above okay like it's 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 signal integrity in a way we haven't really had to do it or learned to do uh -huh. it and so that's why you know i mean I, I think we will get to these higher speeds but i think we'll just we'll naturally have to get right. better at this thing yeah. so they, it that's one that's one part of the book of course i talk about the hardware side as yeah. well but um uh it's just a neglected side maybe yeah. it's a, a it's a little uh passion I have or something. Yeah. In my review, I said that it's you know, reading your book is kind of like if you had a cubicle next to an, a guru <laughs> that's been doing this for 30 years or 40 yeah. years, it's when he's looking over your shoulder when you're doing something, he's going to tell you, oh, you know, don't do that. I try that. It doesn't work that way. Here's how you want to do it. It's like having a, a guru sitting next to you as you're designing to, to get the insights of, of their experience. Well, you're, you're kind in that statement. Of course, it's an imperfect process in the sense of, you know, how can I, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to write to that, though. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to look over that guy's shoulder and, and say the things no one said to me. <laughs> right. Right. It says it's, it's training the next generation from from your experiences. Exactly. Without, like, I deliberately tried to not burden them with all the all the stuff. A lot, there's, I don't think there's much math in there at all. Did you put any math? Well, in there? no, I'm not saying. I mean, math's not a burden. I'm just yeah. saying the the maybe the common clock, if you will, or the things that that we all worked really hard on and had to learn. You know, it's quite possible they don't really even have to learn that. So I tried to, I tried uh -huh. to zoom uh -huh. way out on this thing and think about, you know, what are the problems ahead, right? You can't predict it, <laughs> but you can try. Yeah. And you can just try to, try to cut through the noise. So a lot of times I just say, if you want to learn about this, here's a link, boom. Uh -huh. That's the way people learn anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> These days, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know yeah. if they want to read a book. <laughs> I think soft copies are going to be probably a lot more popular. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I, I, yeah. I, I got to go work on that. I, I, uh, unfortunately, Amazon said, well, now you got to do this, this, and this. <laughs> so we'll get well, there. Well, you definitely should uh, get a Kindle version. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's coming. It's really easy to do. It's coming. I don't have a timeline, but it's coming. Okay. Uh, but if someone wants it, it's just go to Amazon yeah. and uh, Signal Integrity in Practice. Yeah. And, or go to SI Journal. Uh, uh, do a link, uh, do, a, do a search on, on uh, Telian, uh, T-E-L-I-A-N. Very good. And you'll find the uh, review I did, and we have a link in there uh, for your book. Yes, yes. Okay, so now I want to switch gears a little bit okay. in the time we have left. So we're at DesignCon, and yes. you gave a, did you give a paper with Mike, or did, or did yeah. you do it? Okay, yeah, what was yeah. the paper? Mike and I, Mike and I, partners okay. in crime once again. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a lot of work uh, with, with uh, the 
I, it used to be SciSoft. What are they now? Uh, MathWorks. Okay, so they got acquired by MathWorks. Yeah, so so their tools are uh, a toolbox, if you will, oh, okay. within within MATLAB. Uh huh. So so it's interesting how many toolboxes there. I don't yeah. even know the yeah. the bounds of that. Yeah. So, anyways, that what we knew as a quantum channel designer or the SciSoft products are now an app inside. Uh, inside MATLAB. Okay. Where, I mean, really, most SI types are mucking around in yeah. MATLAB. Com yeah. is MATLAB, right? So, yeah. so anyways, uh, yeah. So, so I, what was your talk? This talk, <laughs> well, I started out and I said, how many of you have placed a ground return via next to a signal via at a layer transition? I, I hope everybody raised their hand. I mean, no? I kind of... <laughs> I, I, I challenged that a little bit. I said, you know, and everyone's kind of laughing. You know, of course we have, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, um, so we do it all the time, but we yeah. don't necessarily. We just say it needs to be close. I mean, yeah, I've right. never seen. Right. I've never seen anyone take a whack at well, what is close? Yeah. Right. So because of the juxtaposition now of the dimensions, like a one millimeter pitch BGA. Yeah. And the frequencies we're getting to and the quarter wavelength, right? You hit it with uh -huh. stubs. Uh -huh. Well, now we're hitting it with ground currents, uh -huh. trying, to, trying to access, you know, in that grid, in that BGA uh -huh. grid. So, <clears throat> so are you talking single end or differential signals? Or does well, it that's the right question. Okay. I mean, the science, the science we, we wanted to walk before we ran, so, so the paper focused on single-ended. Okay. The paper gets into differential at the end a little bit because, yeah. of course, we all want to know yeah. about that, right? But, but walk before you run, understand the physics. Right. So Mike's got all the equations in there and everything. Okay. So, so anyways, it, it, it was kind of birthed because I saw a measurement uh, up to 40 gigahertz, and it was, it was just a, it was just a uh, like a two-inch trace. And the, and the thing went to 40 dB down at, at like 35 gigahertz uh -huh. with a 40 gigahertz bandwidth measurement. I'm like, uh -huh. ah, it's at the measurements. That's, it's at the uh -huh. end of its limit, right? <laughs> but then it, we kept seeing it repeatable. Uh -huh. Okay. So this is a long answer. Sorry. But, but, yeah. but I, I find that really, really interesting that, that lo and behold, it, it all had to do with where the ground vias were spaced within the grid so of the BGA. So it was the beginning tail of a resonance that you're seeing there? Yeah, I mean, basically, there, you create little cavities with, uh -huh. with BGA uh, uh, balls and grounds punching through. Huh. And you, you create a resonant cavity. So the location of where the ground vias, you build a cage that has boundary conditions that look like little cavities. Yes, yes. Between and the they vias. resonate at a certain frequency. Huh. And, you know, so, so we're kind of at this weird... It's happened before where, where we're at this weird thing. We're kind of limited by PCB dimensions, mm -hmm. trying to push into the next frequency mm -hmm. regime, as you would say, right? And it's the resonances in the in adjacent ground planes that make up a cavity. Uh, it, it adjacent in the ground it, vias. So it's a resonance of a vertical direction, then. Or yes, the, the, yes, okay. yes, yes. Because wow. we can't create, we can't create like a trace has a ground running right next to it. Unfortunately, the listeners can't see all my yeah. hand motions. <laughs> but, but you know, a trace does a great job at at having a return current. Yeah. But now you're throwing something in the z uh -huh, direction uh -huh. and. He doesn't really have any friends, uh -huh. so you wind up with these TEM waves headed out on the ground planes, uh -huh. and and you get you get like, like we showed 10 dB crosstalk, 150 mils away. Uh -huh. That's insane uh -huh. for thinking in the trace domain. Uh -huh. 
But when you start bouncing these ground currents around, and Mike showed a great animation uh -huh. of that. And, and that's the currents in the cavity uh, between the planes yeah, the, that, yeah. that are shorted by the, the ground vias. Uh, well, actually bouncing off them. Okay, yeah. So they, they start, They're you know, that and, they and, and maybe it's the worst of all scenarios. You got this grid, right? You know, uh -huh. kind of a predictable grid. And so at certain frequencies, all those things yeah. are bouncing off and coming back and colliding and, and, and basically constructive interference. And, and you're saying that's because of you got these really closely spaced ground vias, but you're dealing with frequencies where the wavelength is comparable to that space now because there's such short rise times. Uh, certainly the quarter wavelength. Uh -huh. So we went out on a limb and we actually threw a chart in there and say, if, if you're, if you're going to work at this gigabits per second, uh -huh. you, get a, you make sure you get your ground via within this dimension. Okay, so you, you're saying you need a, a, a pitch between the ground vias shorter and shorter as the frequency of the bandwidth increases. Exactly. exactly. Do you have a rule of thumb then for what that is? Uh, there's, a, there's a chart. Okay. There's a chart. There's a, it's pretty a simple chart. I, 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 I did. I did okay, a Bogotin. Need... I did okay. a Bogotin. Okay. And it came out to like 1900 uh, this, <laughs> that, you know? So, <laughs> so I did something similar looking because Larry Smith and I, we did the book on power integrity. Right. Looking at cavity resonances. Oh, right, right. we looked right. at at um, where the resonant frequency as you increase the ground via density. And, oh. uh, and we used uh, hyperlinks to do it. There's uh -huh, a nice uh -huh. PI tool for that. Uh -huh. And we found that if you plot the first resonant frequency versus the pitch, it, the number comes out to be uh, one-sixth the wavelength. In other words, so you figure out what your oh. highest frequency is, you get the wavelength from that, oh, okay. and you want six vias across the wavelength to suppress, to push the resonant frequency to that wavelength. Well, this is awesome. So you're saying that's in your book? Yeah. In yeah. the Power, power Integrity it, Simplified? Yeah, with Larry. Signal and Power, or it's, no, it's a unique it's book. No, Power now. Integrity. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> well, today, Al and I found out we were both drummers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, um, okay. So with the so, so yeah. So there's a simple rule of thumb about, and that that goes with you know you see all these boards, test boards that have arrays of shorting vias. Mm -hmm. They have ground planes on all the layers and shorting vias, and they do it to suppress the resonances mm -hmm. in the plane in the cavities that make up the ground planes. Okay. And the rule of thumb is, um, I've seen other people say, oh, you want you know ten vias per wavelength to get the resonant frequency at that wavelength. Nice. In our simulations. Um, it was pretty consistent. Six vias per wavelength is the rule of thumb to get okay. the resonance at that wavelength, pushed oh. up to that wavelength. Okay, so, so you were, what term did you use for your vias? Um, well, they were shorting vias shorting between vias. the cavities. Okay, um, yeah. so would you distinguish that from a ground return via? Um, it's, it's at a still, signal layer transition. Right. It, it does the same thing. Sure. All it does is suppress the resonance in the cavity okay. to the higher the, the frequency corresponding to um, the wavelength of, of, um, of six times the spacing okay. between the vias. Okay, beautiful. It, it's a, you know, we analyze this, a really complicated boundary condition uh -huh. for the reflection because it's, it's not a perfect conductor wall. Yeah. It's a scattering off of the... Right, exactly. The, yeah. Exactly. And so it's hard. <clears throat> so, so my, and you did yeah. it analytically. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's the the math works. You know. Yeah. To make a pun, um, but yeah. Mike showed density. 
you know, the density of the, of the currents and the voltages at different frequencies. Oh, wow. So you get to, uh-huh. uh, you get to a certain frequency. So get the presentation for that, yeah. to see that. Yeah. But you get to a certain frequency, you go, yeah. oh, my goodness, look at it. It's all there yeah. at those. <laughs> now, are you guys going to write that up for SI Journal? You can take uh, a or you do a, a, a short article review of it. I think Janine, and then link to I think the, she knows the answer. I you know, okay. I think yeah, the, the paper it was yeah. nominated for best paper, okay. all that, very blah good. blah blah. And it's it's uh um but it's 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 very deep, like because yeah. Mike's Mr. Math, so it's yeah. it's got all the equations in there. Yeah. Right? Um so that's yeah. where a simplified version of it, just you know, here, yeah. here's the essence of it, would be a great intro. Yeah, and then link to the the full paper, and and we kept having to say that in the present. The yeah. presentation was the simplified version. We kept, say, <laughs> we kept saying, you "Go to the you know, go to the paper," because yeah. we're just we were trying to help people with their intuition. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, look, watch this stuff bounce around. Watch yeah. this stuff collide. Right. So, so you can't put that in the paper. Right. So that right. was in the presentation. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I expected yeah, it'll all be on my web. And and what is your website? Psyguys. Siguys.com. Okay. So <laughs> I have I have all my papers back to like ninety two wow. or something. Like okay. my, my great first resource. patent and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the okay. and the book the book references a lot of that stuff too, you know. So I, I'm I'm a little constrained with I know what I know. So <laughs> yeah. it's there and, at least. And, and and you've been doing a wonderful job sharing it with the industry as well. Well that's, that's been great. That's we got to get out of our little caves, right? <laughs> uh, and and that, that's one of the nice things at DesignCon is getting all, everybody has a chance to come out of their little caves and, yes. and uh, come to this yes. uh, wonderful reunion here. Yes, introverts though we are. <laughs> <laughs> once a year, okay, once, we, can yeah, stretch, once, once, we can stretch Once ourselves. a year, once a year. Well, Don, it's been great chatting with you. Um, Likewise. I, I strongly recommend your, your book. I loved uh, reading it. Uh, and um, Thank you. Uh, and I look forward to seeing a little piece on this paper you and Mike did on value of uh, return vias. Very good. Let's make it happen. Okay, Don. Thanks so much. Thank you, Gary. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that concludes my interview. My thanks to Don Tillian for joining us and to Rodian Schwartz for sponsoring this broadcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and I hope you check out all of our other podcasts at the Signal Integrity Journal. And that's 30 for this edition.